it, doesn't it? So sorry for those of you who are just listening and not watching. You should all come and watch. And how do you do that? You go to youtube.com slash Dan Benjamin. You hit subscribe. You hit smash the like. And then you uh, make sure you hit the bell so that you know when the show's going live. Because that's important. And of course, those of you who are supporting me over on Patreon, I'm incredibly grateful because this is how I pay my bills. This is the way that I make my living. So every single dollar or $5 per month or whatever it is that you feel is fair Give it and help me pay some bills. All right. Yesterday, you know. Me too. I'm yeah, excited You heard too. that the governor of Texas uh, decided to say, guess what? We're open. We're open. 100% open. You don't have to wear masks anymore. You don't have to have reduced occupancy in the stores. You just bring everybody out. Come on. It's it's great. It's going to be amazing. Well, you know, there's not a lot of people who are happy about that here that I know. There's a lot of people upset about it. There are people who think that the mask wearing thing isn't so important. Uh, clearly, I think this happened a little too soon, maybe a little too fast for a lot of people's comfort. Well, it's not just those of us here in Texas uh, who uh, are a little concerned about it. Um, yeah, there's an article here in Politico this morning. California Governor Gavin Newsom, he chided his Texas counterpart uh, and said, you know, Maybe this is kind of risky. Um, he didn't specifically name Texas. He didn't name Greg Abbott. Uh, but it was clear what he was talking about. Um, he tweeted about it and he said, we're never going to subscribe to the point of view of some other states. There was one large state today that said no masks. Everything goes back to normal in the midst of a pandemic. He told this to reporters in SLO San Luis Obispo after touring a vaccination site noting that Texas has higher test positivity and death rates than California. He also suggested that Greg Abbott's decision could lead to the type of resurgence that led the California governor to impose a second statewide lockdown. They've been through this. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? I don't know. A lot of people that I know are very upset about it, and I've actually seen a lot of people who, um, you know, run run stores, run restaurants, run things like that, come back and say, actually, we're 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 gonna keep doing what, exactly what we've been doing without any changes. So you're still gonna have to wear masks if you want to come in the store, uh, that kind of thing. Um interesting. Uh oh, did you hear about this? There's a there's high alert. High alert, uh, because there is an a QAnon date that is approaching this Thursday. Basically, uh oh my I don't need to see your pop-ups. Thank you, The Hill. Um, it, basically, this is a QAnon thing. It's a prediction. And they're saying that the chances of violence actually appear kind of minimal compared to what happened on January 6th uh, with that insurrection. But there's a claim, and it's actually been going on for months, that President Trump is going to return to the White House on March 4th, which was the date of the presidential inaugurations up until 1933. So they think that Thursday is is like Trump is going to come back and be brought back in. And this will be the what they're calling the real inauguration. And um, yeah, it, it's kind of weird. They haven't seen anything to suggest that there's really like a physical thing that's going to happen. But they're still on high alert anyway because of what happened before. Uh, so that's that's kind of weird. But yeah, that's interesting. Uh, oh, it's time to give a little uh, COVID Excuse update. Excuse me! I'm in need of medical attention! 
So today we have an article in Newsweek. Uh, there was an explosion at a COVID test center. They're saying it was likely an intentional attack. It caused damage to uh, the testing center, which was in a small Dutch town early on Wednesday. Uh, police in the province of North Holland say the device went off near the testing center. I can't even pronounce this. Boven Karspel? That's your name, dude. Which is about 35 miles north of Amsterdam, just before 7 a.m. It shattered five windows. No one was hurt, uh, but a security guard was inside and <laughs> probably scared, but not harmed. And also, um, who would do that? Who would do that? Experts are warning of a potential COVID-19 surge. This right after Governor Abbott declared that Texas was 100% open. Uh, Mississippi also lifted all the mask mandates there, allowing businesses to open at full capacity. Ours doesn't actually go into effect here in Texas until March 10th. But uh, many Many public health leaders have urged the states to wait, saying let more people get vaccinated. Let let the rates continue to go down. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Reiner, who is the professor of medicine at George Washington University, said Tuesday, this is a giant mistake. We've seen this movie and it doesn't turn out well. Yeah, less than 7% of residents in his state are fully vaccinated. Um, so, uh, yeah, opening up at 100%, maybe not. The best idea today to do it. I don't know. I, I, I feel like we could keep waiting. And is it really hurting people? I'm legitimately asking, does it hurt? Are there people who are affected by the mask wearing part? I'm not talking about opening up everything. That's a different issue to me. But the mask wearing, does that harm people? I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking rhetorically. I'm asking for real. Tell me in the comments, does it hurt you? Are you impaired by this in a way I want to know. I'm very curious. Um, kind of on to some, oh, I got to go over here to hit this one. There you go. Uh, talking about Apple a little bit today. We've got a couple articles on them. Spotify has actually been making inroads. A lot of people that I know have said, oh, I would never listen to a podcast on Spotify, but a lot of people are. In fact, um, with the acquisitions from like Gimlet Media and Parcast, Anchor, uh, Joe Rogan, they have gotten some inroads, even though they, that it hasn't really paid off for them financially quite yet from what we've heard. It might be starting to pay off. There is a forecast that a company called eMarketer uh, came out. Their estimates say 28.2 million people will listen to podcasts on Spotify at least monthly. 28 million people will listen through Apple podcasts. So that's not a huge margin. It's not a huge lead, but it's a lead. And the only reason that Spotify might be gaining on Apple in this space is because of Apple, not because of Spotify. Spotify is not doing anything really that great other than making a few acquisitions, but that's not really what's increasing their numbers. It's the fact that they're doing anything. Apple has been sitting on the podcast space for years. They basically invented it. They created it. They certainly legitimized it. But what have they been doing? Not enough. Now. Apple, guys, you're out there, you're listening to me, come call me. I, I, I can give you some advice on this and I'd love to see you uh, do a little bit more. So you know where to find me, right, Apple? You know where to find me. But look, they did a little chart for you. I'll show it to you. Here it is. Sorry for all y'all who are uh, just listening on the on the podcast. You should be watching the video. But look, here, this black line is Spotify. And this is their projection of what it's going to look like in 2023. And look, we got Apple just hanging out. Not doing anything. 
And this is these are some big changes. Listen to this. In 2018, Apple Podcasts represented 34% of podcast listeners. They predict it's going to fall to 28, 23.8% this year. And uh, it again, it's not that Spotify is doing anything really that interesting or great. They're just spending some money and Apple's not, Apple's not doing anything. Uh, well, at least not in that space. In the computer space, yeah, Apple is slowing down the 21 and a half inch iMac production as this redesigned 24 inch model with Apple Silicon is supposedly coming out. This is uh, going to be really cool. You know, is, is this kind of a, a rumor thing or is it real? Well, it, it seems like it's going to be pretty real. Um, the M series chip iMac is supposed to be coming out. A report from Bloomberg in December said, quote, Apple is working on successors to the M1 with up to 20 CPU cores made up of 16 high performance and four efficiency cores. In 2021, the company is expected to roll out ARM versions of the higher end MacBook Pro, both entry level and high end iMac desktops. Okay, well, where are they? I would like to see them. These would be pretty great. I would probably not be able to upgrade though because I haven't had my 16-inch MacBook for that long and I can't really, well, and because none of y'all support the show, go to patreon.com slash Benjamin and help me upgrade some of my stuff if you want, if you care. That's right, I'm asking for money. That's fine. Parler has dropped its federal lawsuit against Amazon, but it has filed another one in state court. Basically, they're suing to force Amazon to restore their account. They want to be hosted on Amazon and Amazon doesn't want them to be. This They've withdrawn their antitrust lawsuit. This was a two-month effort to try to compel the company to reinstate their account. Parler said um, no, and uh, they, you know, they're just not going to do it. But they can refile, and so now this is a new lawsuit against Amazon in Washington State Court making a different set of claims. This one is alleging defamation and breach of contract by Amazon, specifically citing a provision that gives clients 30 days to remedy any material breach of the contract before service is terminated. Getting 30 days either to cure or find another host is absolutely essential, the complaint argues. Parler would not have signed up with AWS without that protection. And you know what? I mean, that is kind of reasonable, you would think, but people don't like Parler and it's political and it's become politicized. And it seems to be a place where a lot of maybe weird, maybe wrong opinions. I don't know. I've never spent any time there. I just hear things. So what do you do in a situation like that? Shouldn't they still get 30 days to stay or to go? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. The Goog is promising that it won't just keep tracking you after replacing cookies. They are claiming now the Goog is that they want a privacy first web. What do you think about that? They say they're slowly phasing out third party tracking cookies. And today they may are making it clear or trying to make it clear that they won't just replace them with something equally invasive, despite the impact that this change will have on their entire advertising wing. Um, they say, quote, we will not build alternative identifiers to track individuals as they browse across the web after third-party cookies are gone. Quote, instead, our web products will be powered by privacy-preserving APIs, which prevent individual tracking while still delivering results for advertisers and publishers. This is just from the Goog itself, not a specific person. Advances in aggregation, anonymization, on-device processing, and other privacy-preserving technologies offer a clear path to replacing individual identifiers. But Goog... Don't don't act like uh, you care about our privacy. You hate our privacy. 
Google. You hate our privacy. You don't want us to have any privacy. You want to track us everywhere we go across the board and know exactly what we're doing and see everything that we see and read all of our email. And that's what every single one of your services is designed to do. Gmail isn't about giving us a really great email solution. It's about reading our email. You know, Google.com web search isn't about giving us really great results. It's about looking at what we're looking at, knowing where we go, learning our habits, understanding what we do, and advertising to us. And this is true for every single one of their products. And we are so happy to give the Goog that information. So Benjamin Nation out there, you guys got to wake up. If you choose to do it, that's fine. Just open your eyes when you make the choice. Okay? That's all I'm telling you. Speaking of privacy, Brave is launching its own search engine with the help of X Clicks Devs and Tech, C-L-I-Q-Z. So Brave, if you don't know, is the privacy-focused browser. It was created by ex-Mozilla CEO Brendan Eich, E-I-C-H. That's your name, dude. Uh, and they are getting ready to launch their own search engine for desktop and mobile. They announced the acquisition of an open-source search engine developed by the team behind the now-defunct Clicks anti-tracking search browser combo uh, and this is going to be built into Brave. It will basically be like a big tech free search engine and browsing experience. And here's a quote from those guys under the hood. Nearly all of today's search engines are either built by or rely on results from big tech companies. And by the way, my understanding is that DuckDuckGo is using search results from Bing somehow or something like that. This is supposed to be different. Uh, they say, quote, in contrast, the Tailcat search engine is built on top of a completely independent index capable of delivering the quality people expect, but without compromising their privacy. This is just from Brave. Tailcat does not collect IP addresses or use personally identifying identifiable information to improve search results. And uh, so if you don't know about clicks, it was a privacy focused European fork of Mozilla's Firefox browser. They shut it down after their big investor, Hubert Berta Media name, called, uh, said, you know what? This is it. I'm not doing it. It's taking too long. So now we've got this Tailcat engine. It will be the Brave search engine by default. And this is their focus on privacy first. So I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> this one is funny. Um, Henrik, Henrik in the chat is asking me for a recommendation on computer speakers. Uh, no, I don't use headphones only. I do use speakers, but I don't use speakers for any kind of audio editing or anything like that because the ones that you need are called pro monitors and those are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Uh, so if I'm editing something, I use headphones. The headphones that I really like are these uh, right here, which you've probably seen before, the, um, the MDR7506s, pretty much industry standard Sony headphones, very good reference headphones. I wouldn't really want to listen to like music on them you could but it's not like for pleasure listening it's for editing and things like that so as far as speakers go like the ones i got are some cheap you know like logitech type from amazon for twenty dollars uh mag says the goog is tracking data of ours it doesn't even know what to do with yet assuming they'll figure it out in the future exactly exactly they track everything mags they track everything oh yeah here is what i was going to tell you about okay so you remember uh, it was a couple weeks ago, Amazon came out with a new app icon for, I'm sure it's for Android, but I, it's on iOS devices. Well, apparently 
People said, and I'm talking about this one here on the left, they said that this looked like a Hitler mustache. And in fact, that they said that the whole icon looked like Hitler. Okay. Uh, So they changed it now and it has this blue folded, I guess that's a piece of tape. I don't know what it is. Um, But people are saying that it looked like Hitler. And so here's, look at this little slider. Sorry guys at home, we were just listening. But yeah, so you can... You can see that I guess it doesn't look like a Hitler mustache anymore. <laughs> and now they're saying that it looks like Ang from Avatar with this one. I think that's fine. Uh, I didn't think it looked like Hitler, but I guess someone did. And everyone's so paranoid about everything right now that they wanted to change it. So, okay. Speaking of cool sliders, uh, I want to say thanks very much to my sponsor. It's Mediocrities. So let me spell that for you. M-E-D-I-O-C-R-I-T-E-E. Mediocrities. So go to mediocrity slash Dan. These are the same guys who make meh.com or meh.com slash Dan. And uh, they've got a cool t-shirt I'm going to show you today. It's up here. They do new t-shirts all the time. This is sort of this, look at that. You know, you know who these are? That's Mario and Bowser. And they're drawn in this sort of style of like, uh, you know, ancient sort of warriors in an Asian sort of a style here. And they're these two T-shirts. You don't have to buy both. You can just go and buy one of them, whichever one you want, or you can buy both of them. But uh, these are pretty cool. You get one for 14 bucks, you get both for 21 bucks. And uh, if you just go to mediocrity.com slash Dan or meh.com slash Dan, uh, I get a little tiny kickback. And uh, those are great guys over there. So thanks very much to them for making the show possible. Bummer news. Definitely toilet flush on this one. I hate to do it. My favorite movie theater, the Draft House, the Alamo Draft House, is fired for cha- filed for Chapter 11, announcing sale to Altamont Capital Fortress Investment. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that sounds evil. Fortress Investment. Well, anyway... Um, you know, this was a wonderful theater. It was all over here in Texas. They opened one up in LA. In fact, in this article, it talks about how 2019 was their best year ever. And uh, now, you know, this public health crisis, the pandemic, uh, COVID times, uh, so many of their locations have been closed. No one's going to a movie theater right now. And so they're basically selling all of its assets. The founder, Tim League, will remain involved with the companies among the lender group buying the assets. Um League became the company's executive chairman in April. Shelly Taylor, who was a former Starbucks exec, took the role of CEO. They have about 40 locations. They're headquartered right here in Austin, Texas. And uh, this is a real bummer. Apparently, things are going to keep running uh, for a while, I guess. I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. But that sucks, man. It really sucks. Like, that is a serious bummer. Uh, kind of related to movies, Netflix is adding what it calls a fast laughs tab to its mobile app. And apparently you're going to, in, in a TikTok type way, you can kind of scroll through and they will show you little clips from its stand-up specials, TV series, and movies. So as you kind of swipe through them, you'll see funny little from movies. Okay. Um, this one was sent in by a listener, Brianne, uh, a, <laughs> a space hurricane <laughs> will be raining down electrons. So here's the quote about it. This is over on the, this is real. I'm going to show you the website just so you can tell. 
Um, until now, it was uncertain that space plasma hurricanes even existed. So to prove this with such a striking observation is incredible, a scientist said. And here is, <laughs> I don't think this is really what it looks like, but um, basically a space hurricane uh, is swirling over the North Pole. It's been observed by scientists for the first time, and they say this is an initial glimpse at a phenomenon scientists believe could be possible in planets across the universe. It was spotted by a team of scientists led by China's Shandong University, uh, which analyzed satellite observations made in August 2014 to construct a 3D image of the phenomenon, which takes place in the Earth's ionosphere. Uh, it's a swirling mass of plasma. They think it behaves like a wind-based weather phenomenon. But unlike hurricanes that you can actually see, this is electrons instead of water. You know, is this a big deal? I, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it, there's anything going on with it. We don't need to really know about it. It's not doing anything except it's it's there. And uh, this just shows that plasma and magnetic fields exist in the atmosphere and that they're probably throughout the universe, a widespread phenomenon, but nothing we need to do about it. <laughs> Space hurricane. Oh, did you hear that uh, Tiger King star Joe Exotic's attorneys are seeking a new trial? He's serving 22 years in prison for violating wildlife laws and for his role in a failed murder-for-hire plot that was targeting uh, Carol Baskin. Y'all have seen Tiger King on Netflix, I'm assuming. Well, he's got himself some new attorneys, and they're planning to file a motion for a new trial uh, because he thinks he needs a new trial. Uh, so that's really it. We don't really know why they think he needs a new trial yet, but okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Amazon is also launching something kind of interesting. It's called Game On. It's their mobile gameplay recording platform. So this lets gamers capture video clips from a bunch of mobile titles that support screen recording, and then you can share them on their new platform or onto other sites. It's called Game On. You can see the uh, logo right here if you're lucky enough to be watching. And uh, it looks kind of has a retro vibe to it, colorful, all of that stuff. Well, um, yeah, game on and let's, let's gamers capture, but it, it's designed to be short form video clips from 30 seconds to five minutes long. Everybody's trying to get into what I'm now just calling the TikTok space. You know, Instagram is doing it with reels. Uh, Twitter even has a thing. And now Amazon says they're going to do this. I wonder what Netflix will do besides the little laughs thing that I just told you about. But everyone wants to be in this space of like, hey, here's a really funny five or 10 second video or even 30 second video. And like you could just scroll and mindlessly be entertained page after page after page. iPhone, they are sticking with the lightning port over USB for the foreseeable future, according to really reliable analyst Ming Chi. Quo I, quo, I think is how you That's say his name correctly. Uh, everybody's moving to USB-C, but Apple, according to him, will not be replacing the lightning connector uh, on the iPhone 13 or any model for the time being. Quote, we believe the USB-C is detrimental to the MFI business profitability and its waterproof specification is lower than lightning and mag safe. That is the quote. And uh, it looks like we're going to be using these same cables, which is fine by me. I would love to have USB charging on my iPhones, but we're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. Remember I told you about the devil diver? Remember the really bad ass orange dive watch coming out from Bulova? Well, it came out and then it instantly sold out before anyone I know could get one. That's a bummer, isn't it? Well, 
just remember, there's some things I want to tell you about this watch. Um, it's really, really cool, but it's got a Miyota movement. The movement, uh, for those who are not watch nerds like me, the movement is the thing that makes the hands move and keeps the time. It's the engine of, inside of the watch. Um, it's Miyota. That's Japanese. That's, I think, Seiko's movement or one of those movements out there. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. You would think Boulevard would have had their own movement for this watch, but for 750 bucks, which sounds like a lot, but for, uh, for an automatic mechanical watch, that is not a lot of money. Um, that's probably part of the reason why, but this is a really, really cool watch. And of course it's completely sold out. So sorry. Uh, but, um, it will come back. It's not a limited edition watch as far as I can tell. So, uh, if you really wanted that thing, then, uh, you're gonna have to come back couple fun stories for you as I close out the show today. Frosted Flakes and Apple Jacks collide in Kellogg's latest mashup cereal. What do you think of this? Look, you can get your Frosted Flakes and your Apple Jacks. Get out of there, you pop-up. Uh, all at once. This is not the first mashup that Kellogg's has done. They've put together a bunch of them before, but this time you can get Frosted Flakes and Apple Jacks. They are mixed in the same box, so you can experience all these kind of weird flavor combinations. Uh, so you've got, you know, apple and cinnamon and then the sweet crunch of the cornflakes and then you add some milk and then you get this new thing it's four dollars uh and five dollars and seventy cents i don't know why there's two prices listed but you can go and buy this anywhere you want right now and um yeah kind of kind of neat i can't eat any of that because uh i'm paleo and, and, and gluten-free and that's all just the just the glutens but if someone out there tries it Tell me how it is. Speaking of weird foods, yeah, Japan always has the weird foods, don't they? McDonald's Japan is launching a seasonal Teratama series with new extruding pastrami beef. Extruding pastrami beef. Now, look at, look at this image. First of all, we all know that the product shots that you see uh, for, for any kind of fast food is never what you really get. But look at this image. It just looks completely fabricated. The way the buns are, the lighting on the buns. It looks like, I mean, it almost looks like Corel Draw kind of stuff to me in a way. Look at that. It's weird. And the way that they're like the fake drips. What is that? Some kind of sauce on the patties? I mean, this looks flat out disgusting. Besides that, it just looks completely disgusting. But here's what they say about it. Um, yeah, and we, I have to at least do, hold on, I got to at least do a couple of these. Clean to you. That's not the one I wanted. There's the one, come on, some, I swear someone came in here and, and changed something around on, in here. No. Well, I can't find it, fine. Anyway, this is a seasonal thing that they do apparently all the time. It's called the Teratama series of sandwich. It started over 20 years ago in 1996. The burgers feature ginger apples, an egg, and pork patties covered in garlicky, sweet, and spicy teriyaki sauce. Um, it's made up of four main burgers, the classic teratama, the cheese teratama, the teratama muffin, which is, sorry, breakfast only, and the featured sandwich, the extruding pastrami beef teratama. This is a combination of the Teratama burger with a pastrami sandwich where the Teratama is joined with the addition of aged mustard and double folded pastrami beef. Okay. You can also get, uh, they, they come with garlic, chicken, 
Shaka Shaka Fries, and Iwate Prefecture White Peach McFish. <laughs> wow. Uh, Iwate Prefecture White Peach. Okay, no, hold on. Two different things. Iwata Prefecture White Peach McFizz and Iwati Prefecture White Peach McFloat. <laughs> so you can, <laughs> these are launching today in Japan. There's a la carte pricing ranging from 350 to 450 JPY, which is whatever currency they have. I'm sorry, I don't know, which is about four bucks. 420, it's 420. Okay, so that answers another question that I had. Let me just say this again. <laughs> you can so here's what I want somebody if anybody in Japan watches this show I require I absolutely require you and I will send you I don't know what I can send you I'll give you a free month at Fireside because I can't send anything to Japan I don't care whatever you want um I want someone to go and order the extruding pastrami beef teratama along with the Iwate Prefecture White Peach McFizz and the Iwate Prefecture White Peach McFloat. Somebody must do this. They must do this. How about this? I'll reimburse you. I'll reimburse you. I'll PayPal you the money. Okay. Order those. Send me a video and ideally a video of yourself talking about how they taste. Please, somebody in Japan do this. Somebody in Japan do this. I think I know the person. But if you can do this, I'll reimburse you and I'll show your video and stuff on the show as soon as you do it. I'm not going to let you forget. I'm going to tweet about this. So you can follow me over on Twitter at Dan Benjamin. Instagram is probably where I'll be doing most of this at Dan Benjamin and right here on YouTube at Dan Benjamin. Remember to like and subscribe and ring the bell so that you get notified when I do the show because Periscope is going away. And of course, support me at patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Literally, this is how I pay my bills is your support. And if you go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin, you're going to see that like Eight people support the show. Needs to be better than that for me to be able to survive. So do that. Support me. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you again right here, same time tomorrow. Have a good one.